0: Hello, and welcome into season two on the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Caleb McCall. Tune in for Kingdom Conversations with Kingdom People and where we talk everything, recovery and the church. Hello, and welcome into the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I am your host, Pastor Caleb McCall. And let me tell you do we have a treat for you, our listeners, today? We have Mr. Daryl Strawberry on the show today. Daryl, I appreciate you, man. Love your brother. And I am so excited to have you on the show with us today.
1: Well, thanks for having me, Pastor Caleb. I appreciate you too, brother. And it's good to be with you and get a chance to break some bread. I know we spent some time together, but it's always good to break bread like this.
0: Yeah, man, I'm I'm super excited for what the Lord is going to release today. And for us as the church, you know, the body of Christ to be sharpened by this. You know, one of my dreams and visions with the podcast is for the body of Christ to listen to these episodes and leave better, leave with a greater revelation of who Jesus is um, and, and what he is doing in the earth. And, you know, you're operating as an evangelist now. Um, you know, we know all about the accolades and the former Major League Baseball player. I know I, we just had you come into our banquet. You don't even talk about baseball. This <laughs> man talking about Jesus. Come on. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a waste of time to talk about sports. You know, I mean, it's just a, a game, you know, it's just the opportunity that God uses for a platform, you know, to give you that ability. And when you do make it, you have success. And you may have some trials and tribulations. If you play sports long enough, you're gonna have some trials and tribulations because of all the temptations and the lifestyle of what it is. But at the same time, uh, God uses all of it for his good. That's what I love about God so much. And I would think people don't understand in all our lives is God wastes nothing. He doesn't waste anything, you know, every bit and piece of who we are, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly, He uses all of that. And that's the good thing about God. That's the difference in
0: God compared to people. Come on, man. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah. You're talking about trials and tribulations with sports, man. I just played pickup basketball yesterday and I'm having some trials (laughs) and tribulations right now. I wasn't playing on your level, but man, I'm having some tribulations right now, but no, I'm kidding, ma'am. So, so uh, Daryl for, for the few folks that might not know who you are, um, that might be listening today, man, why don't you tell them your testimony, man? Tell them your story, where you come from, uh, and what God has done in your life, and just share a little bit about, you know, how you grew up and how things come about.
1: Well, thanks for, you know, talking about that, you know, because a lot of times people just talk about where I'm at now, but they don't realize that I I, I grew up in Southern California, and uh, my re- mother raised five of us by herself, mm-hmm. you know, after my father who was a raging alcoholic and he used to come home and beat the crap out of us and, mm-hmm. you know, tell us we would never amount to anything because he was a drunk and everything. Mm-hmm. And little did I know when I realized about his father, his father was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. So he saw his father beating on his mother. So mm-hmm. we saw the same thing. So he came home for that last time when we were about 14 years old pulled out a shotgun and said he was going to kill the whole family me and my brothers went into action my brother ronnie grabbed a butcher knife you know he had got a lot of beatings from my father and i grabbed a frying pan and we were like this this is going to end tonight you know right and we were right. about to grab that we we're about to grab one of those loose baseball bats we had around the house because we all played baseball right and you know my mother was like she she pointed her finger at us like get out of the house and she had this look on her face like get out of the house now go down to the neighbor's house right and we were like we were not leaving she goes yes you are mm. and you know but we didn't know that she had taken the shells out of the shotgun so we had no idea but when he pulled it out we thought you right. know, the only one gonna die in here tonight is him right and right. so we went through that whole process of you know a, a, a abuse family you know mm. being abused by my father physically mentally emotionally mm. and all those things and You know, I always tell people, you know, my pain of who I was led me to my greatness because it was my pain that led me into like playing sports. But, you know, I I need to talk about that growing up, too, after he got out of the house, you know, and we got out of the house that night with him. and He was never there again. My mother's divorcing. And so we grew up and she grew up raising five of us. And I was troubled. You know, I was kicked out of like, you know, four different junior high schools because I had all kind of bad behavior, setting bathrooms on fire smoking weed every day, going to school, just doing all kind of crazy things. And right. you know, they said, like, move him on to high school. And they moved me on to high school. And I got into high school. But what people don't understand, no matter where you go, if you still if you're still broken, you're broken. You know, mm-hmm. that's the part a lot of people don't understand. And you know, I got right. into high school and I was still broken, but I put this uniform on to play.
2: Mm-hmm. And then
1: I remember jogging off the field in my 10th grade year and walked half away off the field into the dugout and the coach came up to me and dumped me in the head like that. He say, don't you ever walk off this field again? And I took the jersey off and threw it in his face and quit.
2: Mm. You know, that
1: was my freshman year in high school. So and then I saw myself going into other sports and playing and I got involved in basketball. And I have to say, my basketball high school days were phenomenal due to the fact, not because I was a good player, but it was because of the coaches I had. My high school coach Willie West and Joe Weekly. I went to Crenshaw High, and they brought about discipline. So if you wow. got in trouble, if you got in trouble in school, in class, and you did something wrong, and a few times I did, and you did not play in the game, you would sit on the bench. And I remember mm-hmm. we sitting on the bench one day, me and this other player, because we got in trouble doing school. And about the third third quarter, you know, came. We didn't play the first half. Third quarter came, and after that, the buzzer rang for the fourth we just walked off the court, and he was like, "Let him go." He was like, "Let him go," and yeah. we got to practice the next day. And I'm telling you, we thought we were just going back to practice. We knew it would be some kind of discipline, but yeah. I'm gonna tell you one thing: our coach ran us like crazy, Uh-oh, bro. Man. I mean, suicides all day. You know,
0: got <laughs> him. And we learned
1: that. I learned a lesson <laughs> from there. You know, okay, this is this is real discipline here. So right, there was right. some discipline going on. You know, from different men in my life. I had a lot of coaches in my life, which brought a lot of discipline to me.
0: Mm -hmm. Amen. So you, so you're in high school now and you're, you, you were developing discipline through this coach with the basketball. So how do you come back around full circle to baseball?
1: Well, after that, you know, after I quit my freshman year, me and the high school coach had to sit down and talk. And he just told me, he said, you know, you have no idea, you know, I didn't do that to hurt you. And I know Hmm. I probably did it the wrong way because you were young, but he says, i would do it. I was doing that to encourage you. So you can see how good of a player you are, you know, and I, I didn't didn't realize that he, and he wanted me to realize that, you know, I could develop and become a great player. And so Hmm. we, you know, kind of like squashed it and moved on. And I came back my junior year and and I played and we went to the city championship that year and we played at Dodger stadium. Wow. the thing about it, we played against you know one of the greatest quarterbacks who ever played in the NFL. We played against John Elway in um, uh, Granada wow. Hills, and and really? and they beat us in that city championship. He was the senior; I was a junior. Uh-huh. And I just I just remember all the scouts asking him that junior year. He, they was like, "What about the lanky kid, Strawberry?" They goes, "He's a junior," and they say, "He's a junior." And he say, "He said, yeah," and he plays basketball too. They was like, "Keep him off of." the basketball court and keep him off keep the mound because he wow. looks like the next Willie McCovey playing baseball. You know, he's long and he can hit the ball a long yeah, ways, you know? Yeah, so Yeah.
2: So wow. we kind
1: of, we kind of got back into that baseball thing where mm-hmm. the coach, you know, really bought some discipline in my life mm-hmm. too. Right? And I'm all forever grateful for the fact that to be able to have coaches like that.
0: Right. Right. So, you have these coaches that begin to instill some discipline in you, but you're still, are you still partying at this point? I know you were talking about getting involved in all that in middle school. So, all throughout high school, and was you drafted out of high school?
1: I was. I mean, I was, I was, yeah, of course I was still partying. I was still smoking. Marijuana, the marijuana maintenance that we all smoke yeah. through high school. You know, you yeah. play balls don't mean you don't smoke it. You know, right. I mean athletes do too. You know, everybody yeah, thinks absolutely. it's you know, little, <laughs> everybody absolutely. think it's a cool thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, little do you know that it's it's part it, of the culture, of part of the culture, but it keeps but it keeps you stuck. You know, mm-hmm. no matter what, you know, and I think a lot of times we don't realize that. You know, and
2: mm-hmm. people
1: say, well, it's not going to affect you, but it's still, you know, it's it's a drug. It it, it, it does something different to you. Yeah, you know,
2: absolutely. absolutely. I think a lot
1: of times people don't recognize that. So, you mm-hmm. know, I was still in the midst of that, but I was still playing baseball, high school baseball, and and I, I became pretty good. And, you know, I didn't, like, five guys, four guys, I think, yeah, it was four guys got drafted off my junior wow. year team. And then the scouts were asking about me and, and telling the coach, uh, if you can keep him off that basketball court because we don't want to mess his ankle up or anything like that. They were like, man, he's going to be probably – number one two pick in the draft next year you know his senior year you know they were already saying that in my junior year you know because Mm -hmm. I had a great junior year and I was going to go into my senior year and I I started late in my senior year because I was in basketball and we had won the city championship and Mm -hmm. then we had to go on the state so I had one day of practice and I came out to play baseball my senior year and it was so funny it was like 50 scouts there and I started I think I struck out three times. It was <laughs>
0: <laughs> first first day back. You hadn't even got to practice with the team. You've been playing basketball, and uh, yeah, but, so strike out three times with those scouts. Well, they didn't give up yeah. on you. It doesn't look like you no, know, no. They that kept, day. They,
1: they kept, they actually kept coming, and then all of a sudden I got hot, and and they just they start shaking their heads because I mean I, I was hitting the ball so far in high school. They were like you just don't see kids hit the ball that far right. out of the ballpark, you know? Right. And I just, I just, I was starting to develop into this, this guy, you know, that everybody was thinking, you know, he's going to play major league baseball. He has the potential to be, you know, the next Willie McCovey. He's got the potential to be Ted Williams and all these different mm-hmm. names and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, you know, those are real challenges, you know, when you get those kind of labels put on you to be able to right. do that, just to play sports and, You know, me, I didn't know any better. I just Mm -hmm. wanted to have fun, and I just wanted to be out there playing and competing. You know, I just loved the competition of what it was all about, that one-on-one competition. People say, aren't you afraid of the ball? No, I'm not afraid of it. I'm going to get hit. It's going to hurt. I realize that, (laughs) you know, but I got to get right back in there, you know, if if I really want to play, and and that's what happened. I go on from my senior year, going to my senior year, and I have a good senior year, then I get
0: drafted, and I was the
1: first pick in the draft in 1980 out of high school.
0: Wow, I didn't think I realized that. So number one, number one pick in 1980 in the draft and uh, nine all-star appearances later and four World Series later, one with the Mets, of course, and and uh, three with the Yankees you're you're playing major league baseball and I don't you know I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this everybody knows you know a lot of people know who you are and where you come from but you know a nine-time all-star four-time world series champ I mean build this incredible career in the major leagues you know Uh, my brothers, I mean, family members, my dad was starstruck with you, uh, you know, being there uh, at the BTB banquet with us, man. He's a big baseball guy. And, you know, uh, by the way, just thank you so much for what you did coming in with our banquet, man. It was an amazing time. We still getting people texting and calling about it. It was just a great time in the presence of the Lord. But you know, so you you have build this great career, man. Number one pick, you go on to do all of these great things, and but at some point things really began to shift. And um, you know, I'll let you share a little bit about that. So, like, when did things begin to kind of go downhill for you? And then we're going to get into when things started to get uphill for you.
1: Well, that's a really good question because you know, even getting to the major league, things you know started to shift right away immediately when mm-hmm. I got there because of the lifestyle plan. Major League Baseball, you know, fame, fortune, you know, that, that that all that comes along with it. You know, when I was in my rookie year, I think, you know, my first um, introduction to the Big Leagues was, you know, the first plane ride. You know, a, a veteran player sent me to the back of the plane. He said, welcome to the Big Leagues, kid. There was, they introduced me to cocaine. So, wow. you know, I, I hit it and, you know, I liked it. And I just wanted to be a part. I wanted to fit in because my dad said I would never amount to nothing. Wow. Then I meet them. You know, they, say, mm-hmm. they tell me, meet them downstairs when we got to the hotel. Put your bag up, meet us downstairs. We're going out. Mm-hmm. Then they took me to the clubs and then showed mm-hmm. me the women. They were mm-hmm. like, man, welcome to the big leagues, kids. I thought, well, man, I, yes. I have arrived. This is what well, the big yeah. leagues is like. It's like, wow. You know, yeah. I was 21 years old. You know, I was like, holy cow. Yeah. This is a lot to deal with, you know. So I was kind of introduced to all the wrong things, you know, mm-hmm. um, getting there. And I just remember when I became that guy as a veteran player. I would never take young players out. I would never introduce them to alcohol, drugs, or women. I would take them out shopping and buy them clothes. I didn't want them <laughs> to know the bad. I yeah. just didn't want them to know the bad road
2: yeah. the road of yeah. playing
1: in the big leagues. You know that wow. could happen. I didn't show them that way. I had. A, I was. It was already in me. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: Um, mm-hmm. it was in me going forward, and you know, and playing all those years and being successful, and you know, playing and and womanizing and drinking and and just the kind of lifestyle it was for me. You know, right. I, I didn't really realize how good I was because I was just good you know and I could just play it play at the highest level and I can achieve all these things and you know you look back at players like myself and like Mickey Mantle said you know I wish I'd have known how good I really was I would have took better care of myself I kind of feel the same way I wish I would have known how good I was I would have took better care of myself but I didn't so Mm -hmm. I ran it hard for many years and you know tried to get out of the vicious cycle of you know alcoholism and you know drug addiction you know popping pills and you know, mm. amphetamines and all those things to yeah. go out and play every night and being wired and, you mm. know, stand up all night, you know, and hitting the club and chasing the girls and mm. doing it again the next day, yeah. you know, playing. And it was just a lifestyle of, you know, what it was. And, and that's what the challenges was about it, you know, and, and then mm. eventually you crash and you burn mm. up, you know, because everybody hits that place of crashing, and burning up and I was no different just because I was strong and talented Mm. you know it it eventually caught up to me after years of great years running on the field playing the body starts breaking down you start having injuries Mm. aches you know and you don't think about it you go why are you getting hurt I'm strong and healthy but you Mm. know at the same time physically you party you know you party away your life you know it's 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 gonna destroy you you know you start end up with some serious problems
0: yeah it takes a toll after so many years and you're you're doing all this and performing on the field while doing all these things off of the field and eventually you know this begins to catch up with you and now you're dealing with the injuries and dealing with all of these different things so let's move on to the next part which is the best part you know what what shifted things for you like what changed what happened to you Cause man, you a Holy Ghost preacher now. I mean, you're you're an evangelist. God is using you in great and mighty ways. Where, where did the shift happen, brother Darrell?
1: Well, well, Pastor, just like I was telling you before, uh, God uses every piece of us, yeah, uh, every piece of the mess of who we are for His message. You yeah. know, and if we can, if we can all all stay in that place and always remember. See, one thing I never forget is where I came from. Yeah. You know, and I think sometimes a lot of us forget where we came from and where we end up at and we get it all cleaned up. I don't ever mm-hmm. want to forget, you know, yeah. uh, going through cancer and losing my left kidney in my second surgery. I don't ever want to ever forget the T17169, you know, because all that was a part of me getting to where I am today. Right. You know, and, right. and, and that's what that's what I want to encourage somebody with. God uses every piece of that, you know being locked up in prison and whatever Mm -hmm. it was. See, all that he was doing for me, God was doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. So that brings you to the next place of the question you said, you know, being who you are. there, Yes, there's a transformation that comes in your life when you've been through to get to, you know, Mm -hmm. and you have to come to a place of surrendering yourself. And I had to surrender myself to Christ. You know, I had to surrender, truly surrender myself. You got to walk away from everything. It might not look like things that you want to walk away from you know i just remember i was doing well i was back on track and i was like god you had blessed me and here it is you know you telling me close the restaurant business in new york and you're saying get out of new york It's no more about business It's no yeah. more about this he says i'm calling you for ministry i goes what do you mean calling me for ministry i'm doing ministry he goes no i'm calling you for real ministry i'm calling you for preaching i was like i don't want to preach he goes mm. you're gonna preach i said i don't want to preach I said, <laughs> He says, you're going to preach. You know, he visited me on this night in Manhattan in my place. Wow. You know, and then I, I got business up there and he visited me and he goes, it's time. And he says, are you ready? And I said, yes. And I looked out the window and all of a sudden I just flooded. I start crying. And wow. he says, you're crying now, but you have no idea what I'm about to do with you and Tracy in your ministry. He says, you are going to preach the gospel. I said, I am not qualified to preach the gospel. He said, no one is qualified. I qualify the call. And I I was like, why do I have to preach? He says, because it is time. It is time that you do what I created you for. You know, and I, I, you know, people say, well, I would, I would want to be put in, I would want to be put in that position. I said, no, you won't because see, I wasn't obeying God. I was doing ministry, but I wasn't obeying him the -hmm. way he wanted me to obey him. So there was a big difference of a transformation that was about to take place in my life. And that night. He said, "The Holy Spirit is going to ascend up on you, and you go saturate yourself with Him, and He's going to teach you the Bible supernaturally." See, what I love about God is what people don't understand, Pastor Caleb is God does not lie. Come on, you know we lie to each other, we lie about stuff, but God does not lie. That's you know, so, that's and so good. that's been fifteen years ago when God called me to that and says, "You're going to be an evangelist." He says, "I want you to go study Billy Graham." I want you to go watch his crusades. I want you to read his books and listen, look, listen to his crusades. And I want you to understand what an evangelist is. It's for you to go in there and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come tell on. the people to repent. That's it. And turn from their wicked ways. That's what a, That's on. what the gospel of Jesus Christ is going to be for you. Because that's what evangelists, he he, God created the evangelists going in there to tell you to repent. From all these ways that you're living in, turn back to him and ask God to forgive you, and he will forgive you. He will give you grace and mercy, and he will spare you, and he will save you to do his great work. And that's exactly what happened to me when he told me that night. It was, But it wasn't an overnight miracle. It was a process. This is what people always think. Well, did this just happen overnight? No, God set me for those seven years. Of, of learning and growing and developing because I remember, you know, just, I remember being saved. I remember just getting saved when I got saved, you know, at the more Cirillo crusade in Anaheim, California, you know, the power of God came over me at that mm. crusade, man. I had just signed a $20 million contract. I was rich, wow. had money, had more than I could ever imagine. And I was miserable. And I went mm. to this crusade and I, and I heard Jesus for the first time and I just wept Come and I just on. cried every night. And he says, Sunday, if you want to come down, God's going to do miracles in people. Like he laid hands on me. The power of God hit me. My belly was flowing like a river. I was speaking in tongues immediately. And, you know, it was just the power of the Holy Spirit that ascended upon me and, that, and, and the resurrection power of, the, of Christ that just was dwelling in me at, at that time. I remember speaking in tongues immediately. I remember my belly flowing. And, and I just remember what happened from there. And this is for someone that's listening. Yeah. Because everybody gets saved. But do you get discipled?
0: Come on, there it is. That's Go the ahead. key
1: right there, the discipleship, because I missed the whole discipleship. I ran into the wall. I got saved. I was feeling the power of God was in my life. I ran into the wall and dislocated my shoulder, my first year in Dodger Stadium with the Dodgers, and I wasn't discipled. And guess what happened from not mm-hmm. being disciple? I was I was saved. You always once you saved, you always saved. But I yeah. was saved, but I was not discipled. And wow. I went back to the familiar because I didn't have anything to work with me. You know, my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. My people perish because of lack of knowledge. It's the perishing and and being destroyed because of the lack of knowledge. Knowledge is not there. You don't have the knowledge of Christ. You have the knowledge of everything else. You have the knowledge of being successful. You have the knowledge of all these earthly things, but do you have the knowledge of the word of God? And I think that's where people go missing with God because they don't have the knowledge of the word of God downloaded inside of them.
0: Yeah, that's so good. We we got to stay there for just a second, Daryl. We got to stay there because that's so good. You have this encounter, you get saved, you get hit with the power of God, baptized in the Holy Ghost, your salvation is received, and then comes the injury, but there was no discipleship. You know, see a lot of people, they look at our program and they think, well, you're, you're faith-based uh, recovery center. You're, you're a faith-based rehab, right? And in a sense, we are that. But when you get down to the nuts and bolts of what we do, it's discipleship. You know, Jesus doesn't say, go out into the world and make converts and get them to raise their hand and bow their head and ask Jesus into their heart. Although we do those things, you know, uh, There, I believe there's a moment where there's a salvation moment. You pray, you ask the Lord to come into your life, right? And you're um, uh, you give Christ your life and you're filled with the Holy spirit. I uh, believe in all those things, but we have missed it in the American church where we have done that with people. And then we have not discipled them or the individual, because I know the same thing happened for me, um, where I believe there was a time where I'm like, all right, God, I'm giving you my life. But then I, I lived in this world of hypocrisy for like six months before I wound up in teen challenge uh, I, you know, I was saved, but there was no discipleship. So I didn't know what to do with what I had. I didn't know what to do with the encounter that I had. And so discipleship is just so vital. It's so important. And so for our listeners today, you know, we just want to encourage you. Maybe you just got saved. Maybe you just led somebody to the Lord um, we are encouraging you. If you just got saved, get plugged in with a good local church, a Bible believing Bible preaching church. If you just let somebody to the Lord, don't just have them repeat a prayer after you go disciple them, do life with them, teach them the word. You know, John one, one says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And the word was God. When you spend time in the word, just spending time with Jesus and with Jesus, it's all about relationship. Um, but you can't get to a place of relationship without discipleship. and so man, that that's that's just incredible, man. so you have you have this encounter baptizing the holy Ghost, you you had the injury, fell back into what was familiar, which that's uh, the Bible talks about that too, right? The familiar spirits, right? They're trying to come back, influence you, all of those type of things are going on. And so what happens uh, from here?
1: Well, they do actually come back into you, those, those familiar spirits. And because, like you said, you don't have that true foundation with Christ. You know, you have, that, um, you have that experience, of you know, being saved, but you don't have that knowledge and that foundation, you know, that's down inside of you. And that takes a little time. And, yeah. you know, that takes time of going in and, and, and developing and studying and taking notes and being a part of, you know, Bible study and everything so you can grow. Right. You know, and that, and that's and that's how we grow. And have we gotten away from that in today's church? Yeah, there's a there's a lot of that is happening, you know, far as, you know, uh, people that are running small groups, trying to disciple people and not well themselves. So, yeah. you know, that yeah, that's... that that's a struggle within itself, you know, to right. help people get get over and, and get to what they need to get. So for me, you know, I, I just realized, you know, that that sitting process was good, mm. you know, and I think what i think pastors what happens to people is they don't like the wilderness Mm. you know the wilderness the wilderness is for all of us you know when jesus was in the wilderness 40 days and 40 nights you know and he was hungry and he you know being tempted and everything you know the wilderness is for us to grow you know that's what the wilderness is all about you know and people take the wilderness as well i don't want to go through that process Mm. i just want that instant gratification just make me feel good right now. Well, God says, I'm not going to make you feel good right now, Daryl Strawberry. You're going to sit for seven years and Come be in on. the wilderness, you know? So <laughs> I'm glad I went through the wilderness yeah. because when I, came, when I came out of the wilderness, I was new. You know, there was a new me. There was a new new beginning of a, a new way to talk, a new way to look yeah. at things and yeah. see things because now you have the anointing of God on you. Yeah. I think so many people don't, don't go through that process. And they want, they want God's anointing, but they don't want to do the work to mm. get it. You know, there's there's some great work that comes from carrying the anointing of God, because when he brings you that that mantle to you, he's putting you there and hoping that you know that it is his anointing and you won't get confused and the devil won't destroy you. So it was a whole learning yeah. process for me to go through all of that and, and to go through what I had to go through. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the, for the wilderness and the sitting and the being able to be developed into what God wants you to be, not what you want to be. Yeah. is it what, It's what God wants you to be. Well, they'd be like, well, how do you know? You don't know. You just have to go through it to be able to experience it. You know, and I, I'm, I'm here to tell you, it's the greatest thing that I ever gave to myself was going through the wilderness and sitting through it and coming yeah. out on the other side and being strong. Because when I was tempted... I was no longer tempted from the flesh. My spirit, man, was alive and well, and he was operating in a different capacity for me to be able to handle what the enemy had for me.
0: Yeah, come on, man. That's so good. You got bombs flying off in my head over here. You talking about the wilderness, the anointing. I'm like, Lord, where do we go? But that's so good because you no, know, you're right, man. Nobody wants the wilderness anymore. And we actually, when we see people even going through the wilderness, we want to accuse and point fingers. Well, there must be something going on in their life. But the wilderness is a place of preparation for the promotion. There it is. The wilderness there, is a place of preparation for the promotion. Yeah.
1: That is really good. You hit it right on the head right there. The preparation, you know, the preparation of who God's going to create you to be. And and so many folks don't want to go through that process because mm-hmm. it doesn't feel good. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, feel, it doesn't feel like, well, I want it right now. I want the miracles right now. Well, the miracle of my life took place when I surrendered myself. Come on. You know, when you completely surrender yourself, that's that's when the miracle takes place, you know, of, of you uh, being transformed and being who God created you to be. Because now you have bought discipline. Um, now you understand what what it is to study. Um, mm-hmm. Now you understand what it is not to have, you know, yeah. and you understand what it is to have. You right. know, all you understand all these things. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot it's a lot more than people understand, you know, want to understand with God, you know, be like I said, because God's ways are not like our ways. Right. You know, his ways right. his ways are the totally opposite of what we may think and what we may feel and see that we wanna, you know, we want to be on a platform. You know, you know, mm-hmm. you know people don't understand being on a platform from God and thinking, well it's just that easy. You no, know? because God knows if you're not if you're not prepared, the enemy's gonna put mm-hmm. a chokehold on you and he's gonna right. destroy you. You right. know, he's not playing. You know, Jesus talks about it in John 10, 10 about the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. He's Mm -hmm. he's busy, and he knows that if you're not prepared, he knows that if you're not equipped, you know, biblically, Mm -hmm. you're not equipped, you might have some head, you might have great head knowledge of of sounding good, but there's no power because when the enemy does come, because he's coming, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's just a matter of of time when he does come, and if you're not equipped when he comes, he's going to do exactly what he says, steal, kill, and destroy you. He's he's out to do it. That's his plan.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the devil worked full time, you know, when we folks want to serve God part time, but the devil is out here working full time. He don't have no days off. He doesn't take vacation. (laughs) You know, I mean, we we tend to forget these things, man. It's crazy. And so we got to be on guard. We got to have on the armor of armor of God on. We've got to be in our words and we've got to be studying, be discipled and, and be filled with the power. Which is going to get me to kind of my my next question, man, and our next discussion point. You know, so you have these encounters. God calls you into the ministry. He sets you aside for seven years in this wilderness, this place of preparation for what it is that he's calling you to do. And now after these seven years, you step out and now you're operating as an evangelist. You know, we talked about it for a second. When we uh, first jumped on, one of my visions and goals for this podcast is to bring on the five-fold ministry and to bring on the prophet, the teacher, the pastor, the apostle, and the evangelist, you know, and so, and the prophet. So, you know, you're operating as a full-time evangelist. God is sending you all over the country. He's sending you all over the place, man. And um, you're accomplishing great things, great exploits, those things that the Lord had showed you. Um, you're now stepping in and you're walking in. And so you're doing tent revivals, you're doing FCA, you're doing recovery ministry, you're doing churches, I mean, men's meet. You're, you're all over the place. And so I wanted to, to step into this and ask you, you know, what is it that you're seeing within the church? And I mean, capital C Church. The body of Christ, man. What what is it that you're seeing out there while you're on the road? Like, where can we get better? Where are we doing good at? You know, where where do you see the body of Christ right now? And what what can we do um, to to advance the kingdom of God and and do our job as believers to expand the kingdom of God?
1: Well, thanks for that, you know, and I, I really appreciate it. You know, what you what you said, you know, the fact of doing all these things. But I think what happened first, you know, I had to really be able to taste and see that the Lord is good.
0: Come on. Yeah.
1: You know, and I, And I think a lot of times people don't taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm-hmm. They just take him halfway. They, they don't come all the way in. They they just, you know, they come in and say, oh, well, it's just Jesus. I can't see him, you know, mm-hmm. but Jesus is alive and well, you know, he's yeah. been resurrected and he's got up, you know, with all power in his hand. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think the resurrection power of him uh, that comes into your life should be what you do every day, not what you do some days. You know, when mm-hmm. I come home, I rest, but Jesus is still inside of me. You right. know, he doesn't leave me because right. I don't let him leave me. I don't right. let the power right. of the Holy Spirit, remove himself from me because i'm nothing without him so it's knowing that is important and Mm. the the second part is what what do i see i see the church i see the church has compromised Mm. you know overall you know it's they don't want to they don't some places love the power of the holy spirit but some places don't love the power of Mm. the holy spirit you know, they think, you know, they people think that's spooky, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's nothing spooky about the Holy Holy Spirit, because Come on. you have, that tells me that you haven't had the experience of the Holy Spirit, right? you know, because the Holy Spirit is God, mm. you know, and, you know, he, he he's here, like Jesus said, I'll send you one the comforter, he's going to teach you all things in remembrance of me, right. he's going to teach you the things that you don't know about, he's going to teach you right. all the things about the kingdom. Come on. You know, see, so what happens is the church is more consumed about all this earthly stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, they look at us. You know, we're big, we're fancy. We have a lot of people. You have a lot of people, but people are not well. Right. You know, people, right. people are just sitting there. People, people are just coming to church in, in, in big places and they just check in the box. Well, mm-hmm. I check the box. I went to church You know, right. on, on, on Sunday. You know, right. I did the church thing, but mm. what, what are you doing? What are you doing outside of the church? What are you, the, the churches, the the places that we just enter in is enter into. It's just a building.
0: Right. Right. What are
1: you doing outside of this building? But, and this is what I see with, you know, the church, we, we got to train them up to go out and be, you know, pastor, teachers, evangelists. That's what it's called, you know, to go out and and become this. You know, Mm -hmm. God has created you to become this too, not just us. It's here. He's got it here for everybody. The opportunity for everybody is free. If we we as a church, if we training them up to be this, that you can be that. And and I think that, I think we have to get back to not looking at people and saying where they come from, Mm -hmm. you know, and we have to look at people and see the heart. Uh, Do they have the heart of ministry do they have the heart of Jesus, not mm-hmm. the head? Right. You know, so, so many has the head, you know, and, and, I, and I think we, we're, we're preaching these messages in the pulpit, you know, where pastors are standing in there and they don't want to talk about real stuff. They don't want to mm-hmm. talk about sin. They don't right. want to talk about you got to repent. They don't want to talk about turning from on wicked ways. You know, that's not my place to talk about all that. Well, where is the place to talk about all that? That is the place to talk about all that in the pulpit for it. people to get well. And, you know, Mm -hmm. that's the place where you start doing the altar call, you know, and instead of saying, just raise your hands. I see you. I see you. I see you. Raise your hands. Get down to this altar. Right. (laughs) It's it's the symbol of the cross. It's the symbol of the cross that changes you. I can't Mm -hmm. change you from back there. Just raising your hand, you know, and saying, I see you and nothing ever happens. And you still coming back and you still struggling with the same thing. It's time Mm -hmm. for you to come down here to this cross. This is what we got to start getting back to and tell people you got to repent. God's called me to preach repentance. You know, you have to repent, man. God, Mm -hmm. God is good if you repent,
0: right? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Let's stop playing with this. You know, come on, Evangelist (laughs) Daryl. God, God is really good when you repent. When you repent to Him and see, because you're asking God to forgive you, not man. You know, and I think so many people. This is what you're asking about. So many people are looking at the man and Mm -hmm. thinking, well. He has it all together. Then all of a sudden when bad news come about him, well, how could it be? Well, he's never, he's never talked about Mm. the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, he's talked Mm. about himself and branded himself instead of branding Jesus. You know, you keep Jesus as the brand because Jesus is the one that that has done it for you. And Jesus is the one that will continue to do it for him. But when, if I, if I stood in a pulpit and says it's about me, then that means it's not about Jesus. It's about how, how well I sound and, oh, well, you know, he's such a great communicator, but what he's not talking about anything. What is he talking about? Is he talking about this gospel? Or is he communicating to you about all these things, you know, that you can Mm. have, you know, Uh are we talking about, you know, who Jesus really is and the, and the purpose of him coming for you to save you, to transform you so that you would go back out there and reach some more people, reach the lost. Why are people right. sitting in these places and they still not well, not having victory because they don't know the full gospel. Come you know, on. They just throw a scripture in there and they 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 take it and say one word about God. And then they add into all these different words or languages that they talk. in. I, I don't know what they're talking. i would be like, man, are you talking in this? You're talking this. What kind of language are you talking? In this? Okay, another I, language. I talking, yeah. I talking a totally different language when I talk about
0: the gospel. You know, come on, That's man. That, come know. on, man. It's so good, man. You, 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 you all over it, bro. You all over it. I just want you to keep going. But man, it's like you're you're exactly right. We've got we what what are we preaching? If we're not preaching repentance and belief in the death burial, and resurrection, and then watch this transformation. If you get to a place of repentance and you believe in the death, burial, and resurrection, believe in your in in your heart and confess with your mouth, you'll get to a place right. of transformation with discipleship. And if us as the Capital C Church would do that, we will get there. The other thing I'm hearing you say too, man, is that we got to get back to the power of the Holy Ghost, man. Me and you were talking about this before we jumped on recording, but it's like we, the, my generation before me it was taught to a generation before me that let's put the Holy spirit on the shelf. And a lot of these churches, they believe in the Holy spirit. They speak in tongues. They, they'll, they'll, they believe in the gifts of the spirit. They believe all those things, but it's not good for church growth because people are asking questions. Well, Paul said, I didn't come to you with eloquent speech. I didn't come to you with clever three point sermons. I came to you with demonstrations of power, demonstrations of power. And we've got to get back to the power of the Holy Spirit being evident in our churches, preaching repentance, uh, you know, repentance too. We, I know you know this and we could talk about this, but, you know, repentance is not just saying I'm sorry. It's not coming to the same altar week after week and telling God that you're sorry. Repentance is the Greek word metanoia. It means to change the way that you think by renewing the mind you can't change what you do you know this you can't change what you do until you change the way that you think about it
1: yeah no no question and that's good that's so good because you know but it's got to come from those of us that stand in the forefront, like you said we know about the holy spirit we know about all these things but are we preaching in that way Where they see in the holy spirit preach Uh, because you know i'm evangelist i get to go on the church and I speak under the unction of the Holy Spirit and people see it and they know mm. it's different.
2: Mm. And
1: and they was like, That's different, you know, that's different what you preach. And I say it's the power of the Holy Spirit. And he does the conviction. He he's right. the one that brings about the conviction. It's not me. He brings the conviction. That's why yeah. when I do an altar call, they are coming and they're crying because the Holy Spirit now have convicted them because I'm not I'm not denying him in that he's not in the room. I invite him to into the room and it's, right. it's a the invitation that we give to him as ministers of the gospel. Holy spirit, do what only you can do. That's I cannot right. do this. I'm not going to try to do this. I'm not going to try to speak in such a way, elegant way where mm-hmm. it's just about me and I sound good. I want yeah. you to speak to the heart of the people because you, you know, who's here, right? you know, who's struggling with what, because right. when I was sitting in that seat, you knew I was there. And you knew I was struggling with something. Yeah. and I needed to run down to this altar and ask you to forgive me so that's what we have to get back to we we got to get away from making people comfortable
2: Mm -hmm. yeah
1: you know we are we are in a time where the gospel is not supposed to make you comfortable the gospel is supposed to win
0: Mm. in
1: your life Mm. you know because the gospel is power right yeah right and the the power that comes from the gospel is different than anything else it's different than any word that i could say Mm -hmm. to try to make a person feel good you know because you know, I probably could be up there. Well, I, you're this and that. No, man, you, you know, you know where you're at right now with right. God. Right. Okay. You know, you're not living right. You're sitting in mm-hmm. there and you 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 come to hear me because you thought you were coming to hear a baseball player. And it's totally wrong. You know, it's <laughs> not him. happening. You know? <laughs> you know, yeah, he's got you. You know, he, he uses that to lure him in, you know, right. and once, he, right. once he gets up there. You know the Holy Spirit just chop on them. You know, you know, I, I'm, I'm not living right. So, and that's the message that we have to really drive home. You know, we got to mm-hmm. stop driving home to try to make people feel good because people, we're trying to make people feel good, and people are on their way know, they, you know, only way to hell. Let's just keep it real. They, you know, only way to hell trying to feel good. You know, because yeah. this is not about a feel good gospel. This is about a gospel of truth. This right. is about a gospel of. of transformation this is about a gospel that cleans you up this is about a jesus that rescues you this is about a jesus that you know redeems you this is about a jesus that restores you if you want to be all three of those then you're gonna have to do something different to be rescued redeemed restored you're gonna have to let Mm -hmm. jesus come in you're gonna let him have to clean up Get all the junk out of your trunk, get all the yep. language out of your mouth, get yep. all your, your your ways of you know, get get off the TV, get off of mm. social media, and get yourself in this book
0: right here. Right, sir You
1: need to get to this yeah. book. You better start eating this book and chopping on this book here. Yeah, this is good.
0: That's right. <laughs> that's right. That's the that's that spiritual food. So many of us that so many people don't realize that there's a hole in your life and it's Christ shape. Christ is the only force in the universe the only thing that can fill that void i know for guys like me guys like you we come out of backgrounds of addiction um but jesus was the only thing that could ever fill. it's god right it come on it is god filling the void because we were all created for worship here i go preaching but i'm trying not to go but on, we in the club we like this and we don't even realize Come are worshiping we in there worshiping and i know and, come on and now <laughs> Uh, we're able to worship the one true living God, and He has redeemed us, set us free. And this is for everybody, right? This gospel that we're talking about is for everybody. So, well, I like that point so you were talking
1: right there, Pastor Caleb. You know, that was a good point because, you know, when everybody's in the club, they're worshiping, you know, they're worshiping. Mm-hmm. And- you know, mm-hmm. they to the left, to the right, to the front, to the back. You know, and they yeah. different baby, and they yeah. do all these crazy <laughs> things. <laughs> and they get in church, and it's so crazy. Oh yeah, them, they said, up. You get in church, and, and and you get in church, and you got some worship music going, and you don't know what to do. Mm. But you but you can get in a nightclub, and they could get in the club or something,
2: mm. and they can say,
1: "Oh, that's my song." And you know, <laughs> and you come to church and say, "I come to, I'm a Christian, and i come to yeah. church." And I don't even know how to worship God. Now, wow. Come on, man. Come, come on. on, something something's wrong
0: with that picture. Yeah, yeah, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta got teach people how to worship too, man. So good. I know we could stay there with there's so so <laughs> many places we could stay, but I want that. We're running out of time, but I want to ask you this one last thing, and it's about recovery in the church, man. You know, you're all over the place. You're meeting with pastors. You're meeting with the body of Christ. You're leading people who are lost to the cross. Amen. And, but, but what does recovery in the church look like? I always ask that uh, to people that come on the show, what is our role as the church and the body of Christ with folks, guys like me, guys like you, I know we have different stories and how we came to the cross and all of those things, but, but what is a resource? What are the answers? What can we do as the body of Christ to bridge this gap?
1: I think, I think the pastors and, and the church all over, you know, I mean, overall, not all over, but overall, um, you have to learn how to love those people because your next pastor, your next evangelist, and your next teacher is sitting from someone that's been in the midst of addiction and lost and broken because Jesus didn't come for the righteous. He came for the lost. That's right. You know, so if they think they're too right, you know, you see the people who have never experienced life and never done, been through a lot of things. Well, I never been through that before. Mm -hmm. Well, look at you still, why you haven't grown. You've been sitting in church for 20 years and, you haven't grown because you're not you're not experiencing the the full uh, the full experience of Christ himself.
0: Right. Because right. when
1: you get the full experience of Christ himself, like we have, mm-hmm. we're crazy about Christ because we right. know that He are, he is the deliverer. Yeah. And I I think the church overall need to look at them people and say, I need me one of them. I need me another. I need a Saul like that. You know, I need a David like that. You know, God, the, the people that nobody think ever think that God would use. I need me. Something like that. They need to start mm-hmm. looking at them saying, that's a Saul, that's a David, you know? Yeah. That's, that, that's one of them, you know, who, who had all kinds of issues and stuff. And God says, no, he's the David, the man after my own heart, you know? Come and, on. And, you know, you're, I think the church need to stop looking at them as they come in defeated. They're supposed to come in defeated.
0: Right, right.
1: Because they've been beat up by the devil.
0: We're a hospital. But wait
1: till, but wait till you clean them up.
0: Right. <laughs> watch <laughs> come watch on, what you man. get. Watch, yeah. what,
1: watch what you get after you clean them yeah, up. I, I but you got to clean them up. You know, that's the part that I think a lot of them don't understand. You know, it's just like a fisherman. When he goes out and fish, he catches fish. You got to clean them up, you know, and, and once he cleaned them up, he's good to eat. And just yeah. it's the same as a, a human being's life. You know, once you clean them up, mm. you know, and, and you put that word down in them. Now, they're going to be faithful to you mm. because they know they did not have a silver spoon in their mouth. Yeah, they gonna know that they have tasted and really got a chance to see that the Lord is really good. Mm. You know, from where they come from and where they were and what they didn't have, because they gonna come in with all kind of broken habits and things like that. And you got to train them up. You know, they gonna right. come in right. with no driver's license like me, three million dollars <laughs> in debt. You know, Hello, what, what do you do with a guy like me? But you know what God said? Oh. Y'all didn't want him, but that's the perfect one for me. Come and on, I was somebody. like, God, why? Do you, I was like, God, why do you want me? Don't yeah. you know what I did? He goes, Yeah, you're you're the perfect one that I could perfect. use because you're gonna tell the people how good I really am because yeah. of what I do in your life.
0: Yeah, that's incredible, man. That's incredible. So sounds like evangelist daryl strawberry's answer to that is get these folks in let's bring them into the church let's train them up they've been forgiven much so jesus says they will love much right and um we we see evidence of that all the time uh in our ministries and in our lives and and what an what an incredible incredible way to end the show brother daryl man i i appreciate you so much man I, i think I think if you could work me in your schedule, we'll have to do part two or something. And just keep talking about the kingdom at some point later on down the road, man. But I appreciate you so much. I'm thankful for your heart. Uh, you're the real deal. I remember, you know, there's been people, you know, talking and, you know, Daryl came in and, and did the banquet for you guys at Be the Bush and Miriam House. And and they're like, what's he like? What's he like? And all I can answer, man, he's the real deal. Like he's, he's the real deal. He really loves the Lord. This thing that he's, what he's preaching, the gospel he's preaching, he's living it out and he is the real deal. So you're the real deal, Daryl Strawberry, not only on the (laughs) baseball field, but you're the real deal as a man of God. And we appreciate you, the gift that you are to the body of Christ and everything that you're doing Darrell, why don't you tell our listeners, real quick, as we close out, how they can connect with you, social media, your website, your ministry, so that maybe somebody listening might be able to bring you in?
1: Well, you can connect to our ministry is findingyourway.com. One word, findingyourway.com. And you can always connect with me on um, Instagram. I'm on Instagram, DarylStrawberry18, and I'm on Facebook, DarylStrawberry, you know, Straw, one of them. But you you can connect on there and you can follow me, but if you follow me, I'm going to be talking about Jesus. Come on, hey, that's get it. Up. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm going to go. be talking about some King Jesus. I'm, Come I'm, on, I'll, man. I'll share some of my baseball <laughs> things along the way with you, but yeah. I'm going talking about I'm going here to preach about yeah. Jesus. You know? And that's what it is at the end of the day. I mean, these last days are running down, man, and people need to know that Jesus is truly Lord, man. All this other foolishness, is unacceptable
0: come on let's that's what a way to end the show because you heard you said that several times at the uh banquet while speaking jesus is it jesus is what it's about all this other stuff is foolishness end quote from daryl strawberry it's all foolishness except the gospel of the kingdom daryl we appreciate you coming on so much brother man love you man look forward to us connecting some more for our listeners, y'all get connected with him on social media, reach out to his website. He's got some books on his website, some incredible stuff, some marriage stuff, uh, some of his story and things like that. Y'all connect with him. Pastors bring him in so he can preach repentance and your folks can get cleaned up. Amen. Y'all connect with uh, brother, Daryl Strawberry. Daryl, again, we appreciate you, man. We love you, man. And to all of the listeners on the show until next time. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you would like to support the ministry of the Recovery to Recovered Podcast, you could go to canvasshevyville.com or be the Bush Ministries.com. If you're enjoying the content that you are receiving here on the show, you can also follow me on social media on TikTok at Pastor Caleb Mack, as well as Instagram, Pastor Caleb Mack, and on Facebook under Caleb McCall. Be blessed. Until next time on the Recovery to Recovered
2: Podcast.